What's up, guys? Justin here. Another episode. So excited for you guys to tune back in. Hey, I hope you guys enjoyed last week's episode with Dr. Natty. You got so much good feedback, and uh, he actually gained a whole heck of a lot of new followers after that episode. So I appreciate you guys out there in Rehab Cairo Nation supporting our guests who, you know, volunteer their time to come on and share useful and valuable information with you. All right. So I announced last week we have our first live in-person event, the Rehab Cairo Mastermind live event. It's going to be September 10th and 11th, September 10th and 11th here in Bridgewater, New Jersey. And I have one guest past remaining. So right now I will say 85% of my mastermind members are coming to our live event. And from there, I opened up guest passes and we have sold out all of them except for one. So I have one guest pass remaining. Let me tell you a little story about why it might be worth it for you. We had a new member join our course And with the sales and marketing that we talked about within the first two weeks of the course, he came on and said that he just was able to get a patient at the right price, at the right package, where he literally, I think, tripled the revenue he would have made on one patient. And with that, he was able to pay for the course that he took. He was able to pay for his flight and he was able to pay for his hotel. That was one. That was one. And so if you're out there and thinking, I can't afford it, I don't have time, I don't have the money. The reality is you might not be able to afford not to come. If you come to a two-day event that's going to be a sales and marketing masterclass and implement one thing from that event, it's almost an impossibility that you won't get your money's worth. Almost an impossibility. As I said, I'm giving the flight back guarantee because that's how confident I am. Literally, if you show up to the event and don't get one thing by the time you leave, I will write you a check on the spot to reimburse you for your flight because that's how much I believe in what we're going to be doing. So that's September. That is in September. That's September 10th and 11th here in Bridgewater, New Jersey. We're going to do it right. And more than that, what I'm most excited about is the community. How many of us get into practice? And it is, as I say, it is the most lonely place in the world. We feel like we have nobody to talk to. Nobody's going through it with us. Not even our spouse, not our parents. Very few entrepreneurs, very few Kairos, very few rehab Kairos, very few rehab Cairo entrepreneurs. And if you're not surrounded by people like you who are going through the same things you are, it's going to get lonely. It's going to get scary. You're not going to make the decisions you need to make within the business. We've got one guest pass remaining. Don't live in a world of I wish I would have. If you have any thoughts about coming, you should be there. You've got to be there. So if you listen to this podcast and you're not a part of what we do and you've gotten value from the podcast, imagine what you'd get for two days. Imagine what you'd get for two days sitting in a room with us. All right, let's talk about the episode. So this week's episode is actually another clip from one of our pop-up events, so a mini version of, of a live event. And this conversation is actually about a joint venture. So many of us get into business and we create joint ventures with other businesses. Now, in the rehab Cairo space, one of the main joint venture opportunities is with fitness and gym facilities, sports performance. And in this clip, that's exactly what we talk through. The business plan, the mindset, 
how it could work, where it would fail. I think this is so valuable as we're a small business. Yes, Google's great. Yes, Facebook's great. Yes, all of these other digital high-level products are great. But at the end of the day, business to business, relationship building with other like-minded business owners, creating joint ventures is always going to be the bedrock of what I teach and what I obviously think you should do. So in this episode, we talk about joint ventures. I appreciate all you guys listening. Enjoy the episode. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Business School for the Rehab Chiropractor. Class is officially in session. My name is Justin Rabinowitz, and I am a rehab chiropractor on a mission to teach you, a fellow rehab chiropractor, the exact tools and systems I've used to build my own successful rehab chiropractic practice so you can do the same. I hope you enjoy, and please subscribe. We have a relationship with a training facility. Um, They do anywhere from like HIIT workouts, one-on-one sports specific. They train young kids all the way to professional athletes that come in through the door. Um, So with us, we're trying to build this perspective relationship. They're young kids. They're kind of just getting out there in the world too with their own business. So trying to figure out how we can help each other. So if they bring a athlete or someone who's just trying to set a goal, they want to lose weight, they want to gain muscle, whatever it is, if they have benefits through insurance, can we also treat them on a recovery basis or whatever they might need if they have injuries? If they don't have insurance, um, can we come up with a plan that puts us both together where they might get eight to 10 sessions with their client for training, strength and conditioning, and then they might get eight to 10 visits with a therapist, PT, Cairo, whatever you want. Um, It's just trying to come up with something that makes them feel like they're investing in it where both companies make a profit on it sure um and not have to go into like different percentages like it's very difficult when you're dealing with another yeah, company yeah, yeah. you know what yeah. i mean like it's easy if i'm paying rent and when we were in their yeah. facility yeah it is what it is but if i have them now at the moment while they're relocating inside of my facility going back for all right you have to owe me rent now if you bring a client percentage like just trying to come up with a basis that makes us both feel like we're profiting with each other and not one person's getting more of one side than the other right so Good. Uh, I think it's a good question. And so, um, regardless of the insurance side of it, regardless of who's doing what and the different arrangement of, of anything like that, that all comes after the fact that we have to make sure that we are going to be able to offer something that someone else wants to buy, right? In theory, right? Now, again, if, if they have insurance benefits doing that, then I would still question of like, even if they do, some people still say no. How many of us, raise your hand, have had have had patients that you've said, I'll treat you for free, and they still say no? A lot of us. Happens a lot, right? And so, yes, it's a convenience if they do have insurance, but holy shit. I had a client that did this to me a couple weeks ago. I wanted her to stay in the program. And I said, she's like, I just opened my business. I don't have any money. I said, good, we'll do it for free. And she said, no, hold off. Makes no sense. Exactly. We would think that makes no sense, but that's, that's humans. I'm not frustrated. I'm frustrated because I know I can help her, not because I, I just, I get it. I understand that's just, it's dissonance. And so the, the, the point, I don't want to overlook the insurance side of it, but I think that that almost makes it too logical and easy that everyone would say yes if their insurance covered it. The world just, it doesn't work that way because not everyone values money in the same, like money is not always the number one factor going back. And so if we're running any sort of business, some people, if you are, what are you doing? It'd be a $10 copay to do whatever. And they'd be like, yeah, but I got to spend an hour with you and I don't even like you. 
You know what I mean? Like there are other currencies other than money or insurance. Now, most of us, I think, have gone through a system and schooling and thinking that the only reason why people are going to do business with us is if we take their insurance. And the only thing I can do is share my experience. It's not true. So if we start with that, then we said, let's just assume that none of that stuff is, is relevant until we get to that point. We have to figure out if we have two companies working together and we have a common client, how that client is going to do business and sees value in doing this and then this. Two services in, in theory, right? Yeah. And one of the issues I think that we run into a lot of times in this aspect, um, we think recovery is really cool. The problem is, if you look in the world, no one buys maintenance. We think it's great. Like, we have recovery boots and we have all this type of shit. Cupping, whatever, whatever it is. Most people in the world do not do anything about it until they have a problem. Right? Most of you guys in here live in a world thinking that people want to make sure they stay healthy. The rest of the world doesn't operate that way. It's the same thing in my business of coaching. There are a few people that, and I congratulate them, and they haven't started yet or just got going. Zach is one of them. I told him this. I said, congratulations on being here. Because most people would wait about four years until he was in practice, wasn't making any money, he was frustrated as a shit, his girlfriend hated him, and then he would come and reach out. And I was essentially in emergency care to try to fix it. That's how most people do business. He's doing it before that happens. That is not normal. That is not a normal pattern. And so... In this situation, people are going in to do training for whatever reason possible, and, and we come in and think that like doing recovery, doing BT in Cairo, whatever that looks like, it still is the thing. And if people don't say, like, I'm doing this for this reason so that I can improve speed, whatever, whatever, and I'm doing this, you have to put a reason and an outcome attached to it. In theory, I would start to think about it. If nobody had insurance, how would they still come to see me? That's how I would go into it. We treat our business the same way. So when I opened my practice, we were out of network with insurance. And at the time, this was 2015, 2015 um, out of network in New Jersey was pretty good. Like it was, it was pretty good. Probably about 70 to 80% of our revenue was out of network insurance benefits at that point. Yeah. So it started in 2015, July of 2015. January 2016 comes around. And we were making a couple hundred bucks a session from cops and firefighters and teachers. 2016, January 2016 comes around. That $200 reimbursement from cops and teachers went to $2,450. The beautiful, the dreaded $2,450 check. And it was at that moment that Lauren will back me up on this. I said, like, we can still take out-of-network benefits and do the, play the insurance game, but we are going to treat this business as if it's a cash business. Because guess what? One day it will be. And now at this point, if you look at our revenue, it's 80 90% self-pay. And the point is not to say, don't take insurance. I, I don't, I always say, I don't give a shit what you do, to be honest with you. The point is that like, we can't just assume that because they have the insurance benefits or because they don't, that they're going to want to do whatever we offer them. It's it, it, why, because it's too logical. And I'm never going to build a business around hoping that people have the insurance benefits. I can't because at that, because as a business owner, you signed up to be a business owner one of the main reasons is why, because you wanted to have control. You wanted a level of control of your business. And if you don't understand how to play the other game of what's going to take people to 
pay? What's pe- what, what do I have to sell to them? What the product I have to launch is? Eventually, we're going to get burned. It's just a matter of, it's, it's like, a, it's, a, it's essentially, I don't want to say a Ponzi scheme. It's a bad word, but it's a, it's a runaway train that we just don't know when it's going to run away. Totally. And so I've had conversations and Victory, you know, he and I have had these conversations and he's again, right on the right page where like he's learning all of this stuff now, like how to, how to do the program, how to sell appropriately, how to create something. And he takes a lot of insurances because like you said, one day he won't. And so again, I think going back, what we have to think about isn't like if they what if they have insurance, they get this, and if they don't, they get this. Like, what is going to make something want what we're going to offer them? What is the product? So we've used this lesson before. My one of my guy, you go write this guy down and uh, follow him, Alex Hormozzi. Like, if you're uh, if you um, if you open up a hot dog stand, what's the most important thing? What's the number one thing if you opened up a hot dog stand? What would be the it, well, like, hot dogs? What's that? You need hot dogs. <laughs> you need hungry customers. Right? So you could have the shittiest hot dog. You could have rats in your food, whatever. But I guarantee if 2 a.m. you're outside of a bar in Hoboken, people are going to buy those damn hot dogs because they're hungry and drunk. The point is, though, your product has to be relevant that people want that. Yeah. And so what I think the, the exercise becomes is more of a higher level understanding of like, all right, who are these customers? What are they buying here? What do they think they're getting? And then what do we need to offer them or sell them on our side of it? And then what are the answers? There's only, it could be if you get injured, right? We're going to be there for you, right? The maintenance side, again, that's going to be more challenging, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's got to be something in there of like, okay, yes, they do this. I need that. Yep. And, I, and again, as a thought exercise, I would go into it thinking none of them are going to have insurance. And how are they still, and, and even with that, how are they still going to want to pay happily? That's one of the big things I feel like I came across is that we had two clients, husband and wife, didn't have insurance. We tried to check with their benefits, didn't have it. Um, and they were actually interested because they saw me there and yes. was like, hey, what is that? You know, we want to check it out. We have so-and-so injuries in the past, whatever the case is. Um, and now that they've come again, they're about to end their first cycle with the training facility. So now they want to reactivate themselves into it. Yeah. But now we're trying to come up with a plan. We're like, yes, I'm sorry you didn't have the benefits, but it doesn't mean you still can't treat exactly. with us. Um, so now we're trying to put together a game plan that they can buy a package in with both perspectives and then they can get a goal from both sides. Yeah. And I feel like that's like the biggest thing I'm trying to work on with integrating us together yeah. for the common goal of the patient. Yeah, and I think it actually is a, it's an interesting concept because Jeremy and I talked about this last week in that one of the the lines that I think as in the rehab world that we sort of toe and we get across and we lose a lot, um, which is interesting and I'll, I'll bring it back, is because we're the rehab chiros, which sometimes looks like we're trainers. And again, I don't actually care if you train people. That's fine. The problem is from a messaging standpoint, like I think Shannon's run into this. I think I talked to someone else that's run into this is that when you go and speak to other uh, practitioners, they kind of view you as competition. And, And why I'm saying that is because you have to have a product that's perceived as so different than the training side of it that people are like, I do this for this and I do this from this. Jeremy, it was very simple. And it was, it was, uh, we were talking the other day and I asked Jeremy, how do you avoid that? Cause you're in the gym, you do the videos with the squats, you think he goes, Oh no, no. Like to the trainers, I'm the pain guy. I'm the pain guy. That's all he is. 
He is not a trainer. He is not like a strength and conditioning coach. He does that. But to them, he's the pain guy. And so I, again, just bring it full circle. More than likely, I think that's, that's the lowest hanging fruit in your setting, right? That when you get people in there that are doing training, you, your service, PT, OT, Cairo, that's a very logical place to be. Is like, okay, you do training here, but when you're in pain, you come to see us. That's when you transition to see us. Because people very much know, like, I do this for this, and I do this for this. You could say, like, this is where you do your training, and this is where you do your recovery. If I was betting, I would say that would be less successful, because less people, again, want to recover. I don't know what that means. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And if you found this content valuable, here are four ways I can help you for free. One, grab a copy of my free guide, The Rehab Chiropractor's Checklist. You can get that at go.drjustinrabinowitz.com slash guide. That's go.drjustinrabinowitz.com slash guide. Two, go ahead and give me a follow on Instagram at Justin Rabinowitz, where I post business content. Three, subscribe to my weekly newsletter by sending me an email at coaching at strive to move.com. And four, Leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more influential people and bring those lessons back to you.